Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Estás entrando al fantasy football. Live from the fantasyfootballshow.com studios. It's the Fantasy Football Show. Live! Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern. What is going on, good people? Your boy Smitty joining you here on a, what is it? What is it, Wednesday? Wednesday, I never know what day it is. All I know is we're getting closer to football. And we have, not that we wish injury upon anybody. I don't want people to look at this like taking laps. And, and on top of that, Melvin Gordon's not even that injured yet there's no severity there it doesn't it may not even be a big deal but melvin gordon's already hurt his foot injuries keeping him out of practice and he'll be reevaluated. let's just take a, a, a deep breath and, and stop jumping ahead putting the cart before the horse and start anointing javante williams uh top five pick okay let's 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 stop that because we're enjoying stealing him away in the second round melvin gordon is not a threat long-term to Javante in 2022. I'm not talking about dynasty. I'm not talking about 2023. I'm telling you that Javante Williams can't be stopped. Javante Williams will be a top five overall player. Javante Williams could be the number one or number two running back in 2022 fantasy football. I have not wavered. I have not hesitated. I have no no ifs, ands, or buts about it in my mind. Javante season is loading no matter what. No one's holding him back. That's like talking about Naheem Hines holding back JT and people come at me and say, Smitty, you can't compare Naheem Hines to, to Melvin Gordon. Are you crazy? Yeah, we can. Yeah, we can. I just did and I'll continue to. And it's my show. And speaking of my show, we just hit 12K last night about midnight. We just hit 12K. Let's go. Let's go. 12K. I work for you. We hit 12K. We're at 12K. As you can see right there, congratulations to every single one of you. We're doing it. We're doing it live. Appreciate you. Appreciate you all being here. Um, so what do what do we make of this Melvin Gordon news? Look, Melvin Gordon being evaluated for a foot injury, it appeared to not be a big deal on the surface. We don't know these things can change really quickly um, in any direction. He could be back on the, on the field tomorrow and it not be a big deal at all, or there could be they could find something. The thing I want to I want to make clear to everybody, okay is that this guy is an older back, a 29-year-old back. He's 29, right? Somebody look it up. Confirm, validate my facts here. 29 years old. Okay, 29 years old. Lots of mileage. 4.0, 3.9 to 4.0 something yard per carry pedestrian running back. His whole career, he needs massive volume. He's losing a step. Don't tell me he's not losing a step. When you're 29 years old, you have lost a step, which means he's got to do more to even get close to last year's production. Every year is going to be harder for him to do it on a long season. You can look good without pads on. You can look good doing training on Instagram videos. Everybody gets excited about those. They think they know how quick the player's running, how quick they can hit the hole. But once you've had the amount of mileage that Melvin Gordon's had, you enter a 29-year-old season. And your body's breaking down. 29 is not what it used to be. 
Now the, the new 30, the age of decline is 26 turning 27. And some of the old school people out there haven't accepted yet. They haven't accepted it yet. The Fantasy Karens, the Worried Williams, the, the uh, Perturbed Peters. Everybody, everybody is literally, you like that one? Everybody is literally pretending they live in the old world. The new world is running backs fall off the face of the earth around 26 turning 27. And, and this guy Melvin is an older dog, so he's kind of hanging on to the old uh, 29 being the, the fall off age for running backs. There's rhyme or reason. There's rhyme or reason. Um, why, uh, we're going to be seeing a potential, um, let's, let's, people come in here and they try and and spam. You just, you'll get bumped. You'll be, you'll get bumped. (laughs) You're gone. That's it. You come in here, try and be, get, get all spammy. You're going to get booted. Um, the right, the, 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 the people that are hanging on to this Melvin Gordon stuff. The people that are hanging on to this Melvin Gordon stuff as if he's going to stand in the way of the best tackle-breaking monster in the NFL. Melvin Gordon is the number one tackle-breaking machine in the entire National Football League. The number one. The number one. He played halftime. And I know people say, that's all I talk about. I use the same stat over and over. Guess what? It's a pretty telling stat. It's a pretty obvious stat when you're talking about a player that dominated the entire National Football League on halftime. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Not to mention, when the guy gets the football, he could take it house at any moment. Do you think that the, the Denver Broncos aren't putting him in charge of at least 60% of the carries? 60% of the carries? And what happens once he starts delivering? There are so many avenues to a full workload or a 70% workload. And in this offense, the amount of times they're going to run the football, all you need is 70, 75% of the work. I'm not even wishing that Javante gets all of the work. We only need him to get 75% of the work. That's it. That's it. We don't need him to get 95%. Now, are we going to say, okay, if Melvin Gordon is out of the equation, let's say they look at this foot, ends up being worse than it is, and and ends up missing the season. Like, is everybody in here going to be like, okay, Javante season? Absolutely. You know, even I will be saying, okay, now where do we draft him? Where in the first round do we draft him? Not do we draft him in the first round. Where in the first round? But until we get there, let's not put the cart before the horse. I've got people DMing me left and right saying, Smitty, do I take him at 9? Do I take him at 10? Look, Melvin Gordon injured his foot. We don't know if it's going to be a big deal or not. Don't put the cart before the horse. Let's calm down, leave his ADP where it is, and let's stop, you know, 
Stop perpetuating a potential Javante climb. I'm not mock draft. I won't mock draft tonight for the life of me. You couldn't. You couldn't pay me to mock draft tonight because I don't want. I don't want this to, to cause a, a, a change in ADP. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, let's see. Aaron Jones over Javante. No thanks, Swaggy. No thanks. You go ahead and ride that train if you want, but you're you're gonna be riding that train, kind of kind of an empty train. But that's okay. I appreciate you anyway. Um, let's see here. Is Javante season loading? It absolutely could be, but let's pump the brakes on it. We got a couple super chats we got to get to. TM42 says, my league is meeting today to discuss rules for draft order. What are some changes that, that, that will spice up the league? We're already super flex IDP. I don't like just spicing up it to the point, the point, to the point where you can't even get content for it. Um, I'm not a huge IDP guy. It's not that I don't know IDP. I just don't focus on it because, number one, it's not as big as regular fantasy football. So you kind of put your content in a box if you start talking IDP. And I don't love IDP, so it's not even a passion of mine. Can I play it? Yeah. Do I like to create content for it? Not really. And, it, and that's okay. There's 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 places for that. But I like to focus on the offensive skill positions because there's enough to do on it. Spicing it up would be give half the money to the total point winner. Give half the money to the Super Bowl winner. You want to spice things up? Do that because that way you can win all of the money if you want. You can win every single dollar if you want. That's a good way to spice things up. So let's go. Uh, Melvin Gordon news. Let's pump the brakes. We'll find out. Now here, here's some other news right here. Deshaun Watson is scheduled to start in the preseason opener against the Jaguars on Friday, provided there's no change to his status. I'm telling you right now, I, I could be wrong on this, but my gut tells me that this triggers an announcement to be made before Friday. There's no way the NFL wants the optics of, of Deshaun Watson going onto the field and then coming off the field. This tells me that Goodell, his his designee, and the, and the league are going to make sure that this announcement happens before we end up hitting uh, Friday evening when Watson runs onto the field. I could be wrong. I don't have any insider information on that, but my logic tells me we will be seeing an announcement before this game kicks off because the NFL doesn't want him on the field. The NFL doesn't want him to come out and play well or something. And then you have more like backlash and support and and people talking. If this guy doesn't touch the field before his suspension, which is most certainly going to be a full year suspension with the necessity to reapply after this one year so he's not even guaranteed to play 2023 he has to reapply if you think that's not coming down Goodell already tested the temperature when he came out with this little number right here uh where is that I think it's it's somewhere I think it's right here here's here's what Goodell came with yesterday or was it earlier today no it was yesterday he said that uh, Deshaun Watson's actions were egregious and predatory behavior. And Goodell coming out and talking so strongly against Watson, kind of for the first time, if you've noticed, if you've been paying attention, this is kind of the first time you've heard Goodell talk with this much authority and judgment toward Deshaun Watson. And that should indicate to you that he's testing the temperature of everybody that's receiving the information to see what kind of backlash or support a full season suspension will have, given the fact that in order to do this, Roger Goodell will have to circumvent Sue Robinson's decision. Now, the very important verbiage that 
the commissioner used when he said these words. Egregious, predatory behavior, putting Watson in the worst light as possible. Like, think about it for a second. If you're going to come in here and argue with me that Goodell's not going to have his designee 100% because Sue Robinson, he gave her a little slack. She came down with six games. He's not having any more room for error. So his designee is going to do whatever he wants. I can almost guarantee that. And do you think Roger Goodell is going to come out and say the words predatory behavior and egregious for the first time really ever? Okay? And then, and then have this ruling not be a full season? Like he just defined it. He just came out aggressively because he feels confident he knows what's going to happen. He's testing the temperature of everybody. And then the league, he will, the designee will give and grant the full season suspension with the, the necessity to reapply in 2023. And he's getting the temperature. How much backlash will he get by circumventing Sue Robinson's decision? And not to mention, if you look at the verbiage really closely, Roger Goodell says Sue Robinson supports all of this. Sue Robinson's determination was clear. It was very precise. It was very precise that Watson was in Sue Robinson's eyes. And if you read Sue Robinson's write-up, Sue Robinson definitely says that Watson, according to the investigation, was, uh, uh, in a sense, in her eyes, uh, wrong, on the wrong side of the, the assault, and definitely uh, did assault those individuals that the NFL investigated. And so Roger Goodell is basically setting up a, a, a potential um, season-long suspension explanation off the back of Sue Robinson's write-up. Because Sue Robinson's write-up all but says he's out for the year. Sue Robinson wrote it in a way that said he did this, he did that, he, he is responsible. Uh, and then all of a sudden she says six games at the end of it. So what Roger Goodell's doing with his very careful verbiage is confirming that Sue Robinson agrees with everything the NFL is about to do, except for the number of games, which he's going to modify. And it's going to be a full season. It's going to be a full season. If you believe it's going to be less than a full season, you are, in my opinion, uh, not looking at the angle the NFL is coming from in this. Um, Goodell won't lose the appeal. Goodell will lose the appeal to make himself look like he tried and washed his hands. He's not going to lose the appeal. Goodell is making full decision. Like he has a designee, but Goodell's making full decision. Now, here's the interesting part. And Tony, the attorney, might be calling in in a little bit less than an hour to go over the details on this. I'll, I'll I'll ask him about this. But if Watson, if Watson ends up missing the entire 2022 NFL season, his $1 million salary, he got $65 million bonus, his $1 million salary doesn't get paid out until 2023, which means he won't get his $66 million for 2023. That will be moved to 2024 and so on. So the NFL is most likely going to get get their, 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 uh, their, their season-long suspension granted, okay, by Roger Goodell through, through the appointee, um, that's going to make the decision for Roger Goodell, and it's it's all just a bunch of it's all a bunch of puppet strings. Like Roger Goodell has a heavy hand one moment, like Tony the attorney said, and not a heavy hand the other moment. He's prepping you for a heavy hand. He's telling you by coming out and saying predatory behavior and egregious that he's ready to come down hardcore on Watson, and he's going to be out the year. 
I think he's measuring what kind of backlash he's getting by overruling Sue Robinson's six-game suspension. As far as I'm seeing, as far as I'm hearing, no one cares about him going from six games to a year because the majority of people want Watson off the field for a year. Whether you disagree with that or not is a whole other topic. The NFL wants him off the field. The NFL is creating this process to where he can't really escape it. The, the next step for the NFLPA and for Watson's camp is to take this thing to the federal to the to the to the courts. And once they take this to the courts, they can potentially file a, a, a restraining order that may potentially let Watson play in 2022 in Week One. There is a pathway for Watson to play Week One if they go to court. They go to federal court. They get a restraining order against the NFL, putting the suspension on hold, and Watson could potentially play week one. It's absolutely crazy. If anybody says they know exactly what's going to happen, all I know is Goodell is going to come down with a a year-long suspension. That I almost feel certain of. Whether the NFL gets taken to court and loses, that's a whole nother situation. You know, that's a whole nother situation, and they could lose in court. However, the NFL is a very good track record in court. So the odds are very strong that the NFL would win this case in court. He's setting a new precedent for future cases, says Ron Navy. Ron Navy, you also had a super chat at the beginning of the show. I apologize. I haven't gotten to that yet. Uh, if 29 is old, what is 45? Uh, in NFL years, I don't know that people make it to 45. But in, in yeah, it's like dog years in the NFL. 29 is washed up at the running back position. Not so much at the quarterback or wide receiver positions. 32 is about to drop off a year for wide receivers. 31. Um, running backs used to be 29-30. Now it's 26-27. Uh, a lot of OGs don't like to let go of the, the 30-year-old mark. They think that 27-28 still safe. It's not. Um, so that's the that's the the Deshaun Watson news. Um, the, the Melvin Gordon news. Melvin Gordon injured his foot. Javante season is not yet unleashed completely so calm down don't go drafting him in the first round don't go trading for him in the first round not because he can't earn that I've I've already told you I fully expect Javante Williams to be an absolute monster in 2022 no matter what nothing's holding this kid back I don't care I don't care um Watson full year Browns immediately sue to void contract they can't void the first two years of the contract Here's the way the contract breaks down, Michael KCPA. It is fully guaranteed. The first two years are fully guaranteed, no matter what. Fully guaranteed. The, 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 they, anybody, they could take them to court on it. They're not going to win. It's fully guaranteed. The verbiage, everything locks in Watson's first two years, $130 million fully guaranteed. The only thing that they can do after that, Michael KCPA, is they can only go after voiding the contract if there are new cases that arise. They can't even void the contract off the old cases, Michael KCPA. They didn't protect themselves. There is no voiding of this contract unless there's new cases, according to the new breakdown of it. We've had different people talk on this, but that's the new interpretation of the contract. Fully guaranteed first two years and only some ambiguity on the remaining parts of the years. It's This is awful. This is, the, this is the worst trade in NFL history. The Cleveland Browns made the worst trade in NFL history. Um, Better not be 12-game suspension since 
only hurts the Browns fans. It's going to be more than 12. It's going to be the full season, bro. You're not going to get lucky enough to get 12 games. There are a lot of people that I think are rooting for Watson because they're Browns fans or they the, the innocent until proven guilty stance. Totally agree with it. Totally agree with it. As far as what the NFL can do, they can do whatever they want. And did he violate the league's personal conduct policy? You bet your you bet he did. You bet he did. So stop arguing that he didn't violate not you, Smitty, but stop arguing that he didn't violate the, the personal conduct policy, because he did. And and Sue Robinson said that in a hundred different ways. So that's what the NFL is going to take if they have to go into court. So we'll see how this plays out, but it's definitely not a good look. Um what was this? Uh, Browns Watson is scheduled to start. So this is what I said on Twitter, and this is what I firmly believe. So you guys can can interpret this the way you want. This is the way I interpret the NFL's stance and how they're going to react to this information. So Ian Rappaport reported the Browns say QB Watson is scheduled to start the preseason opener versus the Jaguars on Friday. I'm telling you, this is what I said on Twitter. This certainly will have the NFL push the one-year ban decision ahead to avoid these optics. This settles it. The announcement is before Friday evening. And that's how I feel. There's no way the league wants Watson to touch the field and create the bad optics that it would create and then rip him from the field. They don't want any momentum on that side. I I don't know. I'm not 100% sure. I just feel like I, I feel like in my gut, there's no way the NFL lets him hit the field. There's no way. There's no way. That is all of the news that we have. But now, ladies and gentlemen, now we have an announcement to make. Okay. Let's talk about this. Here we are. Look at these, these beautiful people right here. Is that, is that music too loud? Let me see if I can turn this music down. Manscaped. Boy, am I excited about this partnership here with Manscaped. Uh, uh, Support for the Fantasy Football Show brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-waist grooming. Their products are precision-engineered tools for your family jewels manscaped performance package the ultimate men's hygiene bundle join over four million men worldwide this link is pinned in the live chat join more than four million men worldwide who trust manscaped with this exclusive offer for you 20 percent 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping with the code smitty the code smitty okay look at this look at this Manscaped.com, Code Smitty. Your boys will thank you for it. Uh, you know, there was a live stream once, uh, a number of live streams that I almost missed because of a nick or two trying to take care of the jewels. And now that Manscaped is here, I don't have that problem anymore. Almost missed a live stream due to a nick using the competition. Essentially... The difference between using some kind of other razor and using the products over at Manscaped. Let's take a look at these. And, and actually, hold on. 
continue. The Performance Package 4.0 has arrived, and oh man, it's a game changer. Inside this package, you'll find a lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, weed whacker, ear and nose hair trimmer, crop preserve, crop preserver ball deterrent, crop reserve, or no, so crop reviver toner, performance boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. And and look at these, look at this right here, look at this right here. LED light. Unbelievable. Unbelievable product. First off, the Lawnmower 4.0. This trimmer is the future of grooming and I and dare I say the greatest ball trimmer ever. The fourth generation trimmer features cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce grooming accidents thanks to their advanced skin safe technology. The Lawnmower 4.0 is waterproof and also has a 400K LED spotlight that you need for precision shaving. Let's let's send the boys. Let's send the boys to the moon. To the moon. The Weed Whacker is also waterproof and provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps which helps reduce nicks and snags and tugs in those delicate nose holes and, and like i said you know imagine imagine using the competition you know something that sounds a little like that I mean, look at this stuff this stuff is is just unbelievable let's get this out here we're just unboxing this whole thing. Charger. Sleek. Unreal. USB cord, cable, it comes with it all. And as I was mentioning earlier, look at this. Crop, re- uh, the crop reviver. And this is the crop preserver. Here's the bag that I, I spoke about to hold your goodies in. Here are the boxer briefs that I spoke of. Look at these beauties. Look at these beauties. And here, finally, which I've already spoke about, is the one I was reading on right now this right here this bad boy is the weed whacker it's also waterproof and provides proprietary skin safe technology which helps reduce nicks snags and tugs in those delicate nose holes look at this thing alright the crop preserver ball deterrent and crop reviver ball toner will change the way you approach your hygiene trust me when I say this fellas your balls will thank you Manscaped even threw in two free gifts, the Performance Package 4.0, the Manscaped Boxers, which I just showed you, and the Shed Travel Bag. Bring your comfort and boxers to the to a whole nother level. It's time to take care of yourself. So go to manscaped.com, get 20% off, plus free shipping worldwide, promo code SMEDDY. 
Manscaped. Where's your mashed potatoes? Send the boys to the moon. To the moon. Send the boys to the moon, ladies and gentlemen. Send the boys to the moon. I mean, what else can I say? Look, th- these products are amazing. They have sent me this stuff. If anybody has used the has used these products, speak up. Tell everybody how, how good they are. The, the technology, the quality of the build, the weed whacker. That's the weed whacker. This is the 4.0. Look at that bad boy. Stay groomed. Stay groomed. Promo code Smitty. Take care of your boys. Take care of the boys. Manscaped.com. Link is pinned in the live chat. It's also in the description. Let's go. Appreciate everybody. 202 watching. Um, and only, what are we at? What are we at? 72 thumbs up. Appreciate everybody here. People are getting manscaped left and right, and people are going to re- remember it. Congrats on the 12K. Thank you, B-Mint. We hit 12K for those joining us. 12K. 12K. Where's Okay. I think we go straight to the voicemail segment. It's voicemail time. Drop a voicemail at the Fantasy Football Show on the gram. Tell your grandma. He'll punch you in the throat. All right. Let's hit the voicemails. First up, voicemail group number one, the Bruce. Hey, Smitty, this is my opinion on Penny and Gordon. Can't you just draft Javante and Walker and make the other two your super handcuff or not? Penny and Walker? Uh, Yeah, I mean, that uh, you can. And, and, and you can get Penny and Walker both late enough. We've talked about that before. Uh, Manscaped, Sergio says, I love Manscaped. I always do my heart shape I don't know what that means um appreciate you Sergio thank you Derek appreciate you um yeah you can you could draft Penny and and Kenny Walker both very very late you could kind of go your running back too you could kind of go your running back too with that combo if you were to like let's say build all over the place um Ryan appreciate you support Manscaped Eliminate the funk. Trim up your junk. Appreciate you, James. Guys, click that link in the Manscaped, uh, uh, in the live chat, that Manscaped link. Use promo code Smitty. Get some. All right, this next one's from Jim. Hey, Smitty. Mike Williams has really closed the gap on Keenan Allen and their ADP. I did a mock draft last night, and I'm in an underdog best ball draft right now. And in both of those drafts, Mike Williams went before Keenan Allen. Do you agree with that ADP, and which uh, Chargers wide receiver do you want this year in redraft? I mean, I, 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 I used to like Mike Williams more because you could get him in round five, and Keenan Allen would go in round three. And sometimes people take Keenan Allen really early in round two. If you don't mind, I'm going to package up my Manscaped products in the nice nifty bag while we talk. Um, so now that they're going around the same place, no, I'm not I'm not super high on drafting Mike Williams over Keenan Allen. I wouldn't do it. I would draft Keenan Allen over I would draft Keenan Allen over Mike Williams all all day long. 
It doesn't mean I don't love Mike Williams as the crafty, better wide receiver at the end of the day, but like you just can't invest in that draft capital because it's not packaging any of the risk that we know that exists with Mike Williams, the disappearing, the injuries. Um, so, I, you know, I, it's weird. It's weird that I'm not higher on both wide receivers, like to the point where I'm putting one of them around two, one of them around three, because Herbert is my number one quarterback in fantasy football. But my explanation really does come down to you don't really know which one is going to be the alpha dog because Mike Williams has the capability. He proved it in the first five weeks of the season in 2022. He was the best wide receiver on the team by far. He was a top five wide receiver through about five games. Um, but you just don't really know. And then there's the Eckler factor. Eckler is like one of the best receiving options on the team. So it's not like you're you're doing... Uh, you're, you're miscalculating by being a little lower on Keenan Allen and Mike Williams than you should be because Eckler's in this equation. So I'd probably say no way I'm drafting him near the same. If Mike Williams is going that high, I probably won't own him. I loved him in the fifth or sixth round, but now he's going like in round three and four. It's way too early. So so I'm going to say negative on, on drafting Mike Williams high. Hey, Smitty, I was offered the other day in a 10-team Superflex Dynasty League, I was offered a 2023 first in Miles Sanders for Justin Fields. My other quarterbacks are Josh Allen, which I love, Jared Goff, and Daniel Jones. What's your thoughts on that trade? Mm, that's so tough because Superflex is so tough. I, I mean, I'd rather have the first round. Let's see. What, what was the uh, player again? I was offered a 2023 first in Miles Sanders for Justin Fields. <sighs> I mean, Fields might be worth more in a super flex given your situation, but I probably I probably roll with Goff and take the first rounder and try and turn it into a better quarterback. But it's really tough. I'm not huge on Fields. I'm not necessarily against him. I'm kind of indifferent, but I don't know if he's worth a first rounder. If you believe if you believe the first rounder is late, maybe I'm okay with it. Um, but I think it kind of depends on that. You know, if it's a, it could be the one point one, then I'm definitely going after it. If it's like the twelve, I don't know that I like it. Kenny, hey Smitty, has your stance on Deontay Johnson changed at all with the two-year signing? Are you still fading him? I mean, I think you've heard you've heard me speak in very big length after that extension everything i've said negatively lately has been after the extension because the extension's kick-starting a whole bunch of deontay talk so yeah no i I've, i haven't my 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 idea of him hasn't gone up i i think it's a it's a, a tough wide receiver room to figure because deontay was made with big ben big ben makes wide receivers and then they vanish when big ben's not around i'm not saying deontay will uh will not be a top 12 top 15 wide receiver it's certainly possible I just feel like the odds aren't extremely high and at the cost of entry which sometimes is in the third round but at least in the top of the fourth it's just too many it's too many red flags for me to be going in that direction when you can get a DK who could probably survive a better quarterback you know confusion situation you know they both have confusing quarterback situations that are hard to make make out but I, I and they both have two quarterbacks you have Gino and Locke for DK you got Pickett and Trubisky for 
Deontay and those Pittsburgh wide, wide receivers. So there are there are avenues to take a different direction if the, the starting quarterback doesn't work well. That should be a little comforting to DK owners and Deontay owners and Claypool owners and and any Pittsburgh Steeler you know fantasy player owner because if things don't work out, you got another quarterback to at least try out. Now, granted, none of the four quarterbacks involved are like superstars in my opinion. But we're definitely looking at at I think a, a more disappointing year than impressive year out of Deontay if your if your cost of entry is the third round, you know if it's the top of four or late late third round they're just safer players. Brees Hall is safer by a mile, you know. I'd rather draft like a Brees Hall and get my wide receiver later in round six or whatever get get uh, St. Brown. And have St. Brown over Deontay, but at a cheaper cost than get Deontay in round three or early round four. I'm just not about it. Hey, Smitty, how much heart can you put in one player? Like, I played high school football with Mike Kosicki. I was uh, opposing him, so I draft him every year. Is that something you do or no? (laughs) Uh, Only the Bruce would ask this question. I love it. How much heart do I put in drafting a player? Zero. Like... Do I let my heart get the best of me and not draft with my head? It happens to us all. It's called bias, and we can't always see it when we're being biased, right? That's the whole nature of being biased. You don't really know why you're biased. You just are. But no, don't go drafting consciously, biasly, when Gesicki... You know, Gesicki's okay. I don't think he's a horrible, you know, uh, player. Um, But I I certainly am not going to draft him because I, you know if you played football with them or you, you put, you went to the same school, but if you know something we don't bro, then definitely, uh, Kenny had another question. Do you have a line in the sand for DJ Moore, or is he always gone before you even have a chance to get there? Yeah. Usually I let somebody else take that dive because he's going like in the third to fourth round, uh, range. Yeah. Guys, that link, uh, manscape link in the, in the live chat and in the description, click it. Use promo code SMITTY. Get 20% off worldwide free shipping. Uh, your boys will thank you for it. Manscaped.com. Link in the description and in the live chat. Uh, DJ Moore is usually gone around... I don't know, bro. He's usually gone around... What? three, Like four? Round four? And again, I, I'm more about getting... Um, I'm more about getting Brees Hall and ETN and McLaurin and guys like that and then you know letting somebody else take that chance I just don't know that I love going after DJ Moore unless he's falling to round five or six you know if he's going around four I don't trust his quarterback situation and you might say Smitty but who trusts the the Seattle Seahawks quarterback situation who trusts the Washington football commanding team president situation I mean I I get those arguments in touche to some degree but I do believe DK is more of a player that can survive bad situations and errant passes and go up and get with his catch radius that's as big as my studio. You could throw the ball just anywhere in the direction of the studio and he will grab it. And so DK is different in my opinion. DJ Moore is more of like a, a wide receiver that if you don't give him a good quarterback, he's not, he's not delivering. He's not delivering. I think McLaurin to some degree shares that that style of play with DJ Moore, which is why McLaurin's been held back for so many years. I love Goddard, Andrew. He's been held back for so many years. But Wentz is going to get him the football a little bit better 
then DJ Moore is going to be receiving the football from the quarterback room over in Carolina. So uh, as much as I don't love Carson Wentz, he is an upgrade. We probably won't see a fully unlocked McLaurin, but we might get 90%. Smitty, you got a couple of Discord questions. Okay, drop them in the, the chat between you and I. That's great. I'll get to them. So give me McLaurin over DJ Moore. Give me DK over DJ Moore. I feel like the situations are just better. And in DK's, maybe it's not better, but he survives it better, if that makes sense. Love Goddard, Andrew. Love Goddard. Uh, next question is from the Bruce. Hey, Smitty, how much heart can you put in one player? Oh, like, I, already, I already got that one. Okay. Next, uh, I'm going to go to voicemail group two. We've got this message from Asher. Asher, where you been? Like George Pickens is having some highlight tape coming out of yeah, he, training camp. Pickens. Just wondering where the highest you would take him uh, as his ADP climbs. Uh, you know, I, I don't know an exact... Uh, Asher, can you drop me just some kind of bar? Just so we know that you're still singing and doing your music thing. Can we get a... Uh, uh, can we get a Javante season is loading? Just kind of some freestyle. You know, rock out. Can I get a freestyle Javante season is loading? You better get on the train before it... You know, before it's too far away. Like, give me some freestyle between you. Asher and Rock out right now. Drop me a voice message. And I should see you more often in here, Asher. Where have you been? Hey, Smitty, looks like George Pickens is having So, yeah, Pickens, Pickens, I don't know an ADP, bro, but I'm going to say George Pickens is definitely, like, in the wide receiver four or five territory potential. Maybe you don't draft him there. I'm, I'm kind of not sure. Every draft's a little different. But I think that he could be, like, your... One of your bench wide receivers. I don't know if he'd be your first bench wide receiver. Probably. Hopefully not. Hopefully he can be more of a dangerous, you know, guy that you're using much later than your fourth wide receiver. But it kind of depends on where his ADP climbs to. It also depends on who's on the on the board. He's kind of a guy where his ADP, you can't really call it out. Like, he's going here. He's going to be kind of all over the map. Um, next message from James. You like Judy. Why? I want to know because I think Sutton wins where yeah. Russell Wilson likes to win, which is down the sidelines deep, deep in the middle of the field. Seam routes are probably going to be KJ Hamler this year, but Judy wins in the intermediate routes. So I think that's why I mean, Enzo we struggle with Russell Wilson is because he really doesn't target that 15 to 20 yard range. Um, so that's my question is why do you like Judy over Sutton? Help me out with these Broncos receivers because they're the ADP is practically the same. Bro, I don't know that you can make the determination of what Judy is and what Judy isn't. Or even what Sutton is and what Sutton isn't, for that matter. Or Hamler. Like, all, all three. Like, we saw Judy catch a long, deep pass that was thrown to him in practice. I think they're going to throw to him. I think it's. I think you're going to be disappointed if you consider and count Judy out as a potential long ball threat like if you think he's intermediate because he was used in that fashion in an offense that couldn't throw the football down the field similar to the Niners they couldn't throw the football 15 yards down the field so they developed a wide back position for Debo so Debo could become essentially the quarterback and facilitator of the football so to assume that Judy won't be hit downfield I mean we saw him we've seen it on the field in practice bro Judy looks great Sutton looks great they both look great um wouldn't shock me if either one became the number one. It wouldn't shock me if Hamler, who's very talented, coming off an ACL tear, could be slow starting. Wouldn't shock me if Hamler got going 
like in week four, five, six, and started looking like the best wide receiver. I'm banking on Judy. He's the best route runner on the team. He's a top 10 route runner in the entire National Football League. We haven't seen Judy be fully unleashed. He could get hurt, but from everything I've gathered, his injuries aren't a concern in terms of like repet- you know, being being a, a recidivism or anything like that. I'm going to go ahead and say Judy, but I'm not mad at anybody like Ed Sutton's skill set a little more. They both are very different. You know, they're, but yeah, Mike Williams or Sutton, that, that's, I take Mike Williams over Sutton, to be honest, but that's me, you know, I'd probably take Mike Williams over Judy too, but I wouldn't, I, I would, I could go back and forth on that one. Uh, Dawson says, Smitty, is Javante top five too high? If I'm worried, he won't get back to me in the second. Look, this is, this is where, like, this is where it's a little frustrating me, for me. And I'm not mad at you, Dawson, at all. Please don't think you can't ask a question like this. It's a great... Like, you asking this question, you are doing so much good. You're creating content for people that are afraid to ask this question. And you're creating an answer for people that are thinking it that won't ask it because they're busy or whatever. So, first of all, let me thank you for asking this very good question that has me worried, though. When I say till I'm blue in the face, don't put the cart before the horse. Javante, Melvin Gordon injured his foot today. And everybody's celebrating that that Javante's season has kicked off. We don't know the extent of the foot injury. It could be nothing. There is a report that it may not be a concern. There's a report they're going to look at it again. And we need to make sure we absolutely don't put the cart before the horse. And I have a number of people, numerous people, DMing me, asking me on my text line, emailing me, asking in YouTube comments, asking in Instagram comments, asking in Twitter comments, hey, Smitty, do I draft Javante now in the top 5 to 10 because Melvin Gordon's banged up? Are you out of your mind? You have been given a gift. You've been given a gift. This is like the waitress coming over to pour water in your glass. You put your empty glass of you know, down on the table, she starts pouring the water. She's halfway through pouring the water. You move the glass, get up and walk away, and she continues to pour the other half on the table. Why on earth would you not take advantage of Javante Williams' value? This little injury here could turn into something, then we talk about it. But don't go taking Javante in the top five when nothing could happen. You know what I mean? We gotta wait. Don't put the cart before the horse. But I'm telling you right now, Javante, Perturb Peters out there, Worried Williams, Perturb Peters, Fantasy Karens, Bobs, everybody's reacting. Zach says the background music makes you feel like you're in an Italian restaurant. That's that's a good vibe that I'm going for. So don't put Javante, don't put the cart before the horse. Calm down, draft him accordingly. And, and and I don't think taking him top five is going to be a wise move when you can get him in the second round. For now. And if it changes, we will adjust and adapt. And we will adjust and adapt quickly. Let me be clear, though. Javante will be, in my opinion, a top five overall player. He could be the number one or number two running back in 2020. I haven't backed off that. Even though I've been hit left and right throughout the offseason with different things. I haven't backed up it. It's not stubbornness. It's not me being biased. It's not me digging my heels in. This is my evaluation. But we need to make sure we aren't taking one little piece of news and changing the direction of how we draft when we don't know what's going on. Keep stealing Javante Williams. I took him in the third round 
in a a best ball draft last night on Underdog Fantasy, which you can go to here. Underdog Fantasy, link is down in the description. Underdog Fantasy, use promo code SMITTY. They'll match up to $100 on your first deposit. Go do Underdog Fantasy. Go do the puppy, $5 puppy drafts. They're absolutely phenomenal. And you can get Javante. I got Javante in round three. I don't think he's going to go from round three or bottom of two into the top five based on this injury yet. He might move a little bit, but don't be overreactive and miss out on the opportunity that is Javante Williams in round round two. Okay? Let's hit the phone lines. Appreciate everybody here. Ron Navy says, "Where where's the pizza and pasta? You know, I might have to do pizza tonight. Maybe we'll do a Costco pizza, Ron. And I'll, I'll, I'll do an Instagram live from Costco. Ron Navy, where's the pizza and pasta? Appreciate the super chat, Ron. Thanks for the super chat. Giddy up. Take a look. Sorry, Ron. <laughs> Laps are healthy. Call into the show. Call, call into the show. Call into the show. Dial 602 NFL. Dong. Appreciate you, Ron. Appreciate you, Rockout, from last time. That was still on the screen. Uh, Javante Moonshot. Javante to the moon, absolutely. To the moon. Nothing's changed. Nothing has changed, man. Javante's going to the moon, and, and people need to get on board. Uh, let's go, Smith or Damas. Appreciate that. Appreciate that. Smitty Swift or Javante is now real for September 1 draft. Swift or Javante is now real for September. You, you can't take Javante in round one, Michael, okay? That's kind of what we're saying. Like, go Swift and get Javante too. You can get him in round two. Anywhere around two, I'm fine. If you want to reach for Javante at 13, 14, 15, just make sure he's your second drafted player. You know, take full advantage of Javante's dip in ADP while it lasts. And who knows what it climbs to soon. Um, TJ says Javante in round two. What's up, Ron Navy? What can I do for you, pal? You're live on the show. Ron Navy. Call back, Ron. Some kind of connection issue. Yeah, I don't know why people are... I mean, you can't get them locked in three, though. Round two, like, for that comment, why take him in two when you can get him in three? Because he's not a lock in three. He'll fall into three. And I, I venture to say this Melvin Gordon news will move him back into the bottom of two on the regular. I don't think he'll go in round three very often after this news. What's up, Ron? You're live. Hey. It, it went your, uh, said you weren't available the first time. Yeah, my bad. Yeah. If I'm taking a lap, you're taking one with me after Davis Mills over freaking Kurt Cousins. Uh, what no the thanks. Hell? No thanks. <laughs> I, I, you know, Davis Mills is a little bit of a bold call, but I'm telling you guys, he is special. And I'm not putting Davis Mills into a starter like uh, rank, like tw- top 12. I'm putting him at 15. I put him at 15. I know it sounds bold, but I don't think that's crazy. The dude's shown a lot of promise. He was a very, very, very promising rookie last year. And you love Brandon Cooks. You know, Nico Collins is good. 
Um, Damian Pierce, they've they've got some growing to do, but they've got a they've got a something special that they're slowly building in Houston that that I think a lot of people can't see yet, but it eventually will be pretty impressive. Yeah, kind of like Kirk Cousins and uh, Jefferson and uh, KJ Osborne or Smith, they got something pretty special going on too. Yeah, and yet you leave them out. Total disrespect. Yeah, uh, Cousins won't be in my top fifteen, Ron. <laughs> Probably not going to change all year, but I appreciate you. Hey, Ron, a uh, question: Do you think Javante Williams' yeah. ADP? Based on this foot injury that is obscure, we don't know if it's small or not. A lot of people are taking it and trying to run with it in a crazy fashion, and they shouldn't be doing that. They should be taking it it's slow. Like definitely, definitely be getting excited, right? But my question for you is: Does Javante's value, if it was dipping into round three, do you think it goes into round two, at least the bottom of round two, because of the Melvin Gordon news? You know, it might as a knee-jerk reaction until they actually come out and say, yeah, Gordon's good to go. He just hurt his little pinky toe. Hey, that kind of rhymed, didn't it? <laughs> yeah. But, so, but do you think so, – So, you know, until we know – until we know, I mean, you might get an initial knee-jerk reaction and pushing him up ADP, but then again, he could go right back down once Gordon is fine. You know, it comes out Gordon's fine, and and he might not even change right now um, if they come out with the news quick enough on on Gordon. Yeah, they might not. Now let's, uh, that's my let's just let's just play out all the scenarios. If you if let's say Javante Williams or Melvin Gordon ends up having a serious injury, what do you think the best ball ADP is going to look like within like two days? Do you think Javante Williams is going in the top five overall? If let's say Melvin Gordon was projected to miss like half the season or more, where do you th- where do you predict the ADP to go for Javante in best ball off of a piece of news like that? And again, no one knows that that's happening. Um, it could be absolutely nothing. People are overreacting. People are putting the cart before the horse. Even I'm telling you that. This is a person that's been telling you Javante Williams is going to explode. Melvin gets hurt. And I'm not running out here trying to pretend there's something here until we know. It's definitely par for the course. Melvin Gordon's 29 years old, has mileage up the wazoo, and he's not going to stay healthy if they feed him a hefty amount of volume, in my opinion. So, Ron, if Melvin Gordon, let's say, hypothetically, has a huge injury that they look at, where is his ADP on underdog two days from now? I'd say anywhere from uh, the highest, I would say seven, and seven to twelve. The highest, I would say seven. Yeah, I, I think I think five to to eight. I think right around there, but that's close. We're well, pretty, we're pretty close. Yeah, I don't think I don't think anybody's going to change on JT, and nobody's going to change on McCaffrey, even though he's a big risk. And nobody's going to change on Cooper Cup, uh, Jefferson, or or Chase. And that's five picks right there. So that's why I said, you know, probably seven. Because you got Eckler in there, and he could go six. But you also got Najee in there, too. So depending on personal preference, that's why I said seven to 12. I think Najee moves ahead of – Javante moves ahead of Najee very quickly uh, if there's no competition. Because think about it. No competition – 
better offense, better situation in general, more red zone targets, all the work, you know, more broken tackles from last year, just more impressive, like, you know, uh, even though it's a condensed body of work. I think people are worried enough about Najee that they probably would put and bump uh, bump Javante ahead of him. Plus, Najee, I'm seeing Najee go on the regular at like 10 overall, 11 overall on underdog. I did three underdog drafts last night by myself just because I I love doing them, and you you guys can do them too. Just the idea of these $5 puppy drafts, doing them over and over and over, and having a chance at 200K, having a chance at 100K, I, I recommend everybody go over to underdog. Link is in the description. Use promo code Smitty and and just get involved in these because what what better way to play fantasy than to have these additionally in your back pocket so that when Sundays come and let's say you play two leagues, Ron, let's say you play in two leagues and let's say you draft McCaffrey in both of them and McCaffrey goes down, you know, then your seasons are over. And if you don't have underdog, uh, oh, Tony's trying to call Tony. I'm sorry. Uh, Tony's trying to call right now. Hey, uh, let me let me get him on and call back Ron hey, after I I'll get... I'll talk to you later. Yeah. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Hey, what's up, Smitty? Thanks for taking my call. Hey, I got to hang up on you because uh, I've got another caller coming in. Call back right after, okay? <laughs> uh, who, who is this, by the way? Tony from PA. Tony? Tony? Tony. Oh, Tony, I thought Tony. No, Tony's trying to call too. This is a different Tony trying to call. I got two Tonys trying <laughs> yeah, to call. Tony. Yeah, Tony, call back. I'm, I'm waiting for Tony Turley. All right, hold on. Okay. I'll call back. Call. That was odd. Hey, what's up, Tony? Tony, you're Smitty, live. Is that you? Is this Tony? Yeah, hey, Smitty. How are you, buddy? Hey, Tony. Sorry about that. I was. I, I didn't realize you were calling at that moment, and I thought I had your number in there. Okay. What's up, my man? Appreciate you calling in. Sure, happy to do it. So, so what what the hell's going on with Gordon? <laughs> so Gordon hurt his foot. Um, there's an initial report that it might not be a big deal. They're going to reevaluate it. So there's there's like no information on it, and people are just they're they're almost overreacting, you know. And, and so I'm trying to back people off because we still want to take advantage, full advantage of Javante's ADP which is in round two, sure. probably won't sit in round three anymore. I was on underdog last night doing all kinds of underdog drafts. Promo code SMITTY. They match up to $100 of your first deposit, people. Um, promo code SMITTY, yep. underdog fantasy, link in the description. I was doing draft after draft, Tony. Draft after draft. And a couple of them, I couldn't get Javante in round three at the right place. But he fell into round three a couple yep. times out of the four, four or five mm-hmm. that I did last night. And in one of them, I did end up getting him. And so, like, Javante's going around three prior to this news because people took that pitch count report and they just they started drawing conclusions. I had people DMing me all week, like the last couple days, just saying, Smitty, what do you think about Javante now that they've announced, you know, a 50-50 timeshare? And I'm like, what are you talking about? No one announced anything. They talked about pitch counts. Yeah. Najee had a pitch count talked about with his uh, usage yesterday, and no one's talking about that. It's crazy. Uh, but but Javante, if if Melvin Gordon is hampered by this foot or something comes of it that's worse than it than initially seems, like there's some kind of broken bone in it, you know we don't know yet. It could be nothing. It could be something. Javante's got to skyrocket to the top five to, to eight overall, in my opinion. Oh yeah. 
Um, I yeah, wanted to get you no, on here. So yeah, on... He's a great player, and obviously Russell helps. So. Yeah. Uh, so we're talking about Watson, and on the phone, let me put a graphic up uh, so people know who's on the phone. This is Tony uh, on the phone. That guy that called in before you, his name was Tony, too, so I was confused. I'm like, Tony? He's like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Attorney Tony. Okay. So I got you on screen here. So Tony's an attorney in Ohio, right, Tony? That's correct, yep. And Tony's got a lot of knowledge in these areas of law. And Tony's going to give us his interpretation of some stuff. Now, here's what I think is going to happen. I'm not sure if you've been following everything that's been going on today and yesterday. But let me recap for you, and then I'm going to get your... I would love to get your opinion on the entire situation. And you tell me you tell me sure. if you agree or disagree, and it's okay if we have different opinions. We usually share similar opinions on this, though. I will I will say up front. Um, Goodell came out and said that Watson, the league is pursuing the full one-year suspension. And he came out and said that right. the actions were egregious and predatory behavior. And if anybody's followed this, Roger Goodell hasn't like taken a hard-line stance on Watson or judged him in public yet. So for him to come out and say this before his appointee is about to drop the actual ruling on the appeal, it's very telling to me. It's a telegraph, a, a, a measuring of the temperature of reactions of him circumventing the six-game suggestion by Sue Robinson, former retired judge. And I think that's all it is. I don't think he would have decided to now, out of all times, use these terms if he didn't know exactly what was going to happen. Would you agree on that? I would say it's uh, unlikely that he would go out on that limb unnecessarily. So, in effect, my answer is yes, I would agree. He, uh, he must have some reasonable belief that there's, at a minimum, going to be added games uh, if not a full year suspension, to, to even risk going out on that limb. Otherwise, it just doesn't make any sense. Um, so, yeah, I agree. So, yeah, now, I, mean, there's, I, I would say the odds of the game, the suspension staying at six games are almost zero. Yeah. It's not going to happen. I think the odds of it being under double digits is zero. I think, could it be 10, 12, 14? I mean, it could. There's a possibility for sure that that could be that. But. That, that would be Goodell, like you said earlier on the last call, heavy hand one moment, not heavy hand the other. We really don't know what Goodell's capable of because he can bounce all over the place. Um, my next question is, if the league suspends Watson for the entire season with the anticipation or the, the, the added piece where he has to reapply in 2023, he's not even eligible to come back for sure. He's got to reapply, make sure there's no other you know issues that, that arise or whatever. Mine, to my knowledge, the NFLPA could take it to the federal court and the and they could potentially have an avenue where they file a, a restraining order against the NFL that will allow Watson to actually play week one. Have you heard that? Yeah, that is possible. Oh, yeah, it's possible. Yeah, it would, in effect, be a, uh, a temporary restraining order or preliminary. It starts as a TRO. Uh, the essential elements of that are uh, the, the reasonable likelihood of prevailing ultimately, plus immediate harm if the TRO is not granted, plus harm to the other side if the TRO is ultimately lifted. 
in general, and you know, I, I don't pretend to know exactly what Watson's are, uh, attorneys or the NFLPA's attorneys would argue, but in general, I would say they'd have a reasonably good shot at getting that TRO granted. Now, the issue then becomes, once the TRO is granted, that's normally for only two weeks. And then you go into a hearing uh, to extend that, which then turns it into a preliminary injunction. The essential elements remain basically the same, except that there's a much deeper, uh, I shouldn't say much, there is a deeper consideration of the likelihood of prevailing. Um, so, yeah, it's possible. I would say that a TRO is reasonably likely. But for fantasy football purposes, as you and I discussed the last time, we got to keep in mind that, well, I should say for football purposes, can you really presume that Deshaun Watson is going to be the quarterback in week seven if he happens to be the quarterback in week one? I don't think so. So, you know, so there's, what... just, there's just too much, there's too much going on here, including the details of what Judge Robinson put in her report and her decision. Yeah. Uh, everything that I've read and heard is that the NFL has got such a strong track record in federal court that it that you know this, they have a good case. Plus, even though Sue Robinson's and you can correct me if I'm wrong, uh, you're the expert here. Even though Sue Robinson handed down a six game recommendation, her write up all but confirmed everything the league is saying, which is so odd. It's almost like she sat on the keyboard and accidentally deleted a one, and it was supposed to be a 16 game suspension or something. Because it was like, it was like, you know what I mean? Because everything she wrote, it was like, yeah. he is, you know, she practically is calling him, you know, the word guilty is wrong, but 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 acknowledging that the potential assault looks likely in terms of the NFL's investigation, and so the, her write up was like this, this, and this, and it's like, oh my god, she's going to give him a full year, and then it's like six games, like what? So the, the league is arguing well, that Sue Robinson's argument is helping them go after the full year and that's probably saving face on on circumventing her actual decision which is bad a bad look for the nfl they set this process up which is so backwards where goodell is the person that gets appealed to and then he makes final and all decision when he's trying to put her in charge of making the decision so he can separate himself it's just a it's just a, a game of like you know puppets and goodell's even got this designee that you know he's got full control of because of what just happened with Sue Robinson. He doesn't want to happen again. So that's why I think he came out with strong verbiage because he knows exactly what's going to happen. I, I think it would be risky to conclude that he knows exactly what's going to happen. What I would say again is the odds of him going out on that limb with absolutely no reasonable belief are pretty low. Um, I will say, if you don't mind my sort of unraveling uh, your last question or statement, truly painting a proper picture of Judge Robinson's uh, report is a little bit complicated. Now, let, let's let's start with the headline. To me, as an attorney and someone who loves the NFL. I will tell you, I just, I read her report earlier today. I had not had a chance to read it until today. There is a particular statement in there that to me changes the entire calculus. And it's been completely ignored by the media. And that is on page seven of her report, she says the following, quote, Mr. Watson has not testified that he had physical 
interest and inadvertently touched the therapist here. Instead, he's categorically denied the allegations against him, including that he ever developed... Watch, watch, the, watch the verbiage, Tony, just to keep it a family show. I I know, I just said <laughs> the physical interest, the, yeah. the physical manifestation of a male interest in... There you go. You know, interplay. In other words, he's saying, hey, I didn't even have that thing that they're claiming I had. Okay. And her very next sentence is, it's difficult to give weight to a complete denial when weighed against the credible testimony of the investigators who interviewed the therapists and other third parties. In other words, he's just flat out lying about that particular element of what happened here. That's the kind of thing, because ultimately, you know, we talked about this the other day, Smitty. Ultimately, what, in a way, what we're talking about here is a PR battle. We're not really talking about a legal battle, because as I explained a couple days ago, the NFL is an entertainment industry. It is not the government. It's not a, an entity that has, you know, direct contractual or statutory duties to the fans. It can do whatever it wants. Imagine Hollywood. Imagine telling a, a producer of a Hollywood movie that he or she is not allowed to hire whatever actor or actress he or she chooses. We, we just don't do that. It's a private business. The NFL is a private, purely for entertainment business. So the reality is they can kind of do whatever they want. The question is, what does the public relations calculus come out to? And for Watson to lie, which I had not heard until I read this report, just flat out lie about that particular aspect of this is a huge mistake because it's going to kill him in the PR. Now, again, I don't know why, but for some reason, the media has completely ignored that element of this. I don't know why. So, um, because again, you... from, from I, I'll tell you, and I, again, I know that you don't want me to use certain words and be inappropriate. I won't, I promise. But there are reasons why the criminal matters did not proceed, and it has to do with the if effectively, I'm going to use the phrase assumption of risk. The, the, the young women involved had some degree of knowledge of what was going to happen. But for, for Watson to deny that a particular event occurred in each one of these cases, that's a bad move. <laughs> that, is a, that is a huge mistake on his part and the part of his attorneys. Mm -hmm. So I got to believe that the, that's what the NFL is so angry about. It's not the six games. It's, frankly, that's going back to Judge Robinson's report. Her point is, hey, the NFL didn't really define these terms ahead of time. And, and for purposes of notice which is a very important constitutional and contract concept. You can't hold someone to a contract if the terms are completely undefined. And that's the, one of the points that she makes in her report. She then talks about the varying degrees of, of discipline, and she's absolutely dead right. The six games, just so you know, made sense. Except that she's kind of overlooking the reality which is that it's really a PR battle mm -hmm. and for Watson to lie is going to lead to him taking the brunt of this I, I agree not so much because of the number of complainants or the fact that there were civil lawsuits or you know the fact that he didn't settle, settle them immediately he is going to end up getting suspended for a year probably at minimum 10 games because he's lying about what happened in that room.
that's the problem. Yeah. And, and, and just to circle back uh, before we head to Camara, because I think everybody does want to hear about Camara one more time. Uh, before we circle back to Camara, sure. I, I would say this. I would say the problem, though, and, and I think um, I think I could speak for, for the both of us and have you redefine it better than I'm verbalizing it, but all it takes is one additional case to throw an entire wrench into everything that the defense has lined up to get him back on the field because one more case and there's potentially 66 to 100 individuals that he met with. And you got to think that handfuls of those people were, were being talked to about coming forward and decided not to. I mean, that's an assumption on my part, mm-hmm. but I think it's a pretty accurate assumption given there were 66 to maybe more, some say 100, but we can only really use that 60 number that's been more reported on than the 100. Well. But, but, all it takes is one more individual to come forward. Completely new evidence, completely separate situation, completely separate room on a different day, different time, different action. The the consequences or the the severity of what happened could have been lesser or could have been more. And the NFL has an obligation to investigate that claim the same way they investigated the other twenty two claims or twenty four, whichever amount that they actually investigated. So if somebody came forward. They could the NFL couldn't just say, Oh, we've already he already told us about that, which was a good point you made the other day. If the NFL's aware of it, maybe it's included, but at the same time, they've got to talk to the individual. They've got to do an investigation. And maybe they do it quickly, right. but I, I don't see how he survives even there's so many different things that could trip him up. Like every time something gets goes good for him, something else arises. And so you know. Well, yeah, and my response would be the same as it was was it two, three, four days ago when we talked. Yeah, I, I agree, except that the way these things work is that if his attorneys convinced him to disclose every single one that he could remember, and then he his team effectively disclosed every single event to the NFL as part of its initial investigation, it would then be all but impossible for the NFL to say, oh, we didn't know about that one. However, you're right that if there's a single one, even one, of a, a claimant saying he did the same thing to me and he had not previously disclosed that to the NFL, meaning before the claimant comes forward, then yeah, it completely throws a wrench in the whole thing and we're right back to square one, more or less. That's correct. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, on to Alvin Kamara. Um Alvin Kamara is a is a curious case as well because Alvin Kamara has pushed his trial forward 60 days. Um, that most likely puts an early suspension out of uh, the realm of possibility. Although the NFL, if like let's say a video got released and it was horrible, they would most certainly put him on the exempt list, even if it was paid until they made it, you know, determination or whatever. But assuming no video is released and nothing gets worse for him. Um, do you believe that uh, that a trial has a really high likelihood of beginning before the season ends? And we talked about this before, and I think we were kind of on the fence, both of us, whether he could see a late season suspension or whether the NFL, like if a trial got started, the NFL wouldn't want that. Him playing on uh, going to a trial during the week and playing on Sundays, it would be bad optics, so they would probably put him on the exemplist paid and not punish him, so to speak, because he's paid, and let the process play out and then make a determination. 
do you have any different thoughts on what you've heard or, or, or what are you thinking with the Alvin Kamara situation? Well, uh, I would start with a couple of uh, very specific limitations on my comments. I'm, I have not followed the Kamara saga nearly as closely. Um, I'm vaguely familiar with the essential allegations. I am not a criminal lawyer. It's not what I do. I am certainly not licensed in the state of California, which I think is, or no, state of Nevada. Uh, this was in Las Vegas, as I recall. Um, so I can't speak to the criminal process in the state of Nevada at all specifically. However, my vague recollection is that I don't know that this was a scheduled trial as opposed to a scheduled um, probable cause hearing. I'm a little unclear on that. If it is merely the, a probable cause hearing, well, then there's no way there's going to be a trial before the Super Bowl. It's not going to happen. That's good information. Um, if, on the other hand, yeah, if, on the other hand, it's a trial, then, yeah, I would say exactly what I said a couple days ago. Look, if they show up and they start presenting evidence of an assault and battery, and th this video is then made public, I can't imagine that the NFL would let him play. Let's say the trial starts on a Monday but doesn't end until the next week. How are they going to let him play on Sunday? They just can't. You know, and, and look, once the video comes out, if it comes out, again, I'll go back to the NFL is all about the PR. And if, you know, if he looks like a complete jerk, like he's willing to hurt people, then, yeah, he's going to get suspended. And, and, you know, when you're talking about the Saints and their offense and whether or not to draft, you know, Jameis Winston or Kamara or Michael Thomas, then, yeah, you need to know there's a real chance he will not make it through the season. However, the odds are reasonably good that he can't it, – it, it's comparatively unlikely – that he would be suspended until that criminal matter continues. Yeah. Well, uh, so so w is there any way to look that up and find out if that is actually, uh, you know, what uh, whether it's a hearing or whether it was some sort of because to my knowledge it's a hearing, but but what does that mean to you? If it's a hearing for sure, it, it's something you you don't think a trial could be could could, could get kick started before the Super Bowl. I would say that it's unlikely. Uh, here, let me pull this up. I'm, I'm checking Google right now. Uh, I don't know. I'm sorry, buddy. I, I just, no. I'm sorry. I, like I say, I've been no, following. I, I didn't, I didn't tell you to be prepared for Camara, so no, no problem at all. Um, let me see if I can look yeah. it up as well. But I, I believe it was, it was a hearing. But to what kind of hearing was it? Probably, like I said, probable cause hearing. What was the hearing? Alvin Camara <sighs> hearing. Hearing for battery case involving Alva Camara has been pushed back at least two months to October or later. Uh, according to ESPN, Camara is facing misdemeanor and felony battery charges with evidence reportedly including video that shows him punching a victim multiple times. I guess my, my question would be, even if a trial didn't start, um, What's the? I mean, the NFL can essentially still put them on the exemplist, right? I mean, if they're if they're worried about, I'm not saying I'm not trying to wish this upon Kamara, and I'm not trying to like. I want to make sure I give everybody the right information. I just want to make sure we yeah. aren't looking at something to where we we miss the NFL's intentions here with 
with this Watson thing, with the Camaro thing. Like these are two of the biggest things in the spotlight lately. And it's a pretty bad, pretty bad optics to let him play when there's video evidence of him doing this. Um, right. And I yeah, know. I agree. I mean, again, as you know, the word is that there's some video showing that he may have directly assaulted an individual who was already on the ground. In other words, kicked him. If you have a video of Alvin Kamara kicking an average person laying on the ground and possibly unconscious already, yeah, what do you think the NFL is going to do? They're going to absolutely suspend them. It's going to happen. But I haven't seen that video. I don't know that there is such video. Maybe there is or maybe there isn't. But as the NFLPA, the the CBA currently reads, having read Judge Robinson's report, they have taken the position that the criminal process takes priority unless and until they have proof of conduct detrimental to the league as you know that's their language and without that video becoming public i don't know that they have that proof now what tamara and or his attorneys have told the nfl i have no idea no idea because again one of the things that you have it's easy to forget that one of the things you have to think about is what exactly is the communication from the player to the league i don't know yeah my look if, if I could give you my best guess, my best guess is Alvin Kamara will play this year unless that video leaks somehow. Um, what is the, the, the rights to that video the public has? the right? Did the public have the right to it? Does the attorney have the ability to release it? Like, let's say the defense attorney, uh, or I'm sorry, the, the prosecutor wants to release the, the video. Can they? What, what's the what's the right? No. What right do they have with that? No. In fact, if, if the prosecutor openly presented it to the public, that would almost certainly be a constitutional violation. Such a 1983 claim would flow from that. The prosecutor and the prosecutor's office would be named in a lawsuit by Camara's attorneys. Now, the truth is that what usually happens is an undisclosed source, and in most cases, it's actually a police officer. Some, some police officer who was involved in the investigation somehow get a copy of the video and very, very quietly and very, you know, surreptitiously somehow get it to a media person. That's what happens most of the time when things like that get out. The idea that it's somehow, you know, subject to a FOIA request, for example, a Freedom of Information Act, or that a newspaper can say, hey, we have a... No, absolutely not. That's a criminal matter. It's all protected by various statutory privileges. And these things do get out, though, and then they can't prove where they came from, and then everybody's, like, it's That's out already. Correct. Yeah. What, what, yeah, what What? can be done at that point? It's out. We don't know who did it. What do you want me to do? Pretend to you know, tell everybody they have to delete it? Well, it's too late. What's the likelihood of something like that slipping out, the, the, the video getting out in these situations? Well, I mean, the Ray Rice video got out, didn't it? Yeah. You know, I... Um, didn't, wasn't there? I don't remember. Was there video of the Adrian Peterson thing? Uh, I don't know that there was a video on that. Um, well, Kareem Hunt, the Kareem Hunt there was video. video got there out. was video on Kareem Hunt, and that got out. Yeah. So yeah. two two out of the last so, two have got out. I mean, it's, it certainly could. I wouldn't be shocked if it did. But I don't know that you can presume. You know, again, that, that presumes that the report is even true. I mean, would. Look, a lot of NFL players have various degrees of uh, both intellect and emotional problems. 
is somebody in Alvin Kamara's position dumb enough to get into a physical altercation with an average person? I guess. Hell, Ray Rice did it. You know, Kareem Hunt did it. And that, by the way, Hunt broke my heart. I, I live in Toledo, so he's, yeah. he's my boy. <laughs> uh, okay, so... I mean, this this is a tough one because, like, we have had these videos leak before. If if it if it were to leak, he, he's not playing. If it doesn't leak, I can't see. Yeah, I don't see how he could. If it doesn't leak, then then you think he plays all all the entire regular fantasy season without question, right? If if, if he does, just based yeah, speaking, on yeah, speaking solely to the question of the process of the criminal matter. I would say that the fact that it's already been moved back to October makes it more likely than not, greater than 50%, that he plays this season. Okay. It, that's the best we can do. The best it, we can do is give everybody a, a percentage. And odds that the video gets leaked? Five oh, boy. Five I don't know. 20%, 20% maybe? Okay. So, really, we factor that in, and we don't know what the percentage is. Oh, man. This is a tough one because I have a lot of people that – here's my advice, and tell me if you think this is good advice. If you're going to invest in them, do it in one league. Don't do it in multiple leagues. Do it in one league so your entire <laughs> fantasy season isn't done. You know, if you want them that badly in round two, and that's where people are going to take them round two, do it in one league only. Yeah, I completely look. You're the you're the fantasy guy, but my take on him is if he's in the third, I would consider it because it's just such a huge upside. Anything before the third, I just think it's too risky. Yeah. I mean, it just doesn't make sense. Yeah. All right, Tony, any other legal matters you want to discuss? I appreciate you coming on here and, and discussing the, the Watson situation. I'm trying to think what other what other legal – anybody have any questions for Tony? Um, any other legal situations going on in the NFL right now? Um, I can't think of anything that off the top of my head that, that people might have questions about. But, but we should do this regularly um, when we have anything – you know, that, that's got, you know, any kind of legal uh, jargon that needs to be hashed out. We appreciate you coming on. Yeah, you know, Smitty, you're on at 7 Eastern at that time of the evening here at East. Mm-hmm. You can call me. I, it's fine. No big deal. If I can take it, I will. And if I can't take it, I won't. All right. I'll, I'll keep that But I mind. will say, I love talking to you. And I really, by the way, enjoyed, I got into one uh, mock draft last night. That was a good time. Yeah. So. Yeah. I appreciate you jumping in. Uh, but appreciate you, Tony. Yeah. Everybody here um, loves the feedback they're saying. Um, you know, do you have any legal advice? Do you have any legal take uh, uh, take on on Javante Williams season and and what's the the odds of it <laughs> legally fully loading by by mid season? Are we are we looking at a fifty percent chance, hundred percent chance? What are we looking at, Tony? Give us your legal expert opinion. <laughs> well, here's what I would say. I am. Thinking about suing myself for only getting one Javante in my dynasty. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. Oh, one, yeah. one other question I have: Can Camara yeah. plea his way out of this situation uh, in a way that the league wouldn't suspend him? To your knowledge, or does he have to well, win the case? Uh, well, the NFL current CBA, if I understand it correctly, I don't pretend to be an expert on it. But it seems to take the position that they wait for the criminal matter to play out if it's a purely criminal question. And the only thing that can affect that is if, and again, Judge Robinson laid it out very well in her report. There are various violations that are per se subject to discipline. One of those is, you know, first, one of them is 
physical injury to another individual, um, even if there is no criminal matter. In other words, it says criminal or not, whether your state crime authority, in this case, the prosecuting attorney in Nevada, believes that it's criminal, if you physically injure someone or present serious uh, threat of physical harm, that's enough to be suspended. So he could be suspended even if he pleads out, if the NFL decides to pursue an investigation beyond the criminal matter. Yeah. Okay, I just want so to clarify. In a lot of ways, yeah, in a lot, and, and if he's smart, he will plead it. You know, there's no question that that's the smart way to go. Yeah, if he pleaded so, out, he would be suspended for how many games, do you think, if you had to guess? Well, no, that's what I'm saying. If, if, if he pleads out, he may not be suspended at all, or at, 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 he may get just a very minimal suspension. I, I think if, But I think, that presumes that the video doesn't come out. Again, if you yeah. have a video of Alan Kamara yeah, kicking does. a guy laying on the floor, that's a problem. Yeah, but don't you think – isn't pleading at all admission of guilt, though? Because as far as I, uh, as I remember, the NFL would – if, if there's an admission of guilt. There's a thing – no, there, there, you can not – you can, it's called nolo contendere. And what it means is you're simply not going to contest the claims made by the state. That's not the same thing as an admission. So it can be done. Now, whether or not it's available in Nevada, I don't know. I presume it is because it's available everywhere as far as I know. So it's possible to, to say, I'm not going to fight it. You go ahead and do whatever you want to do, state of Nevada. But that's not the same thing as saying, I admit that I committed this particular crime. All right. I appreciate you, Tony. And uh, uh, we'll, right, we'll be calling you back. I, I think we'll need to have one more conversation about Watson once we, we you know, I'm sure we're going to get into yeah. some kind of, like, crazy territory where they hand down the year and then they're 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 taking it to court and then I'm going to need you to come in and give us your expertise on what's next. So right. pre- prepare for that phone call. I'll be take, happy to do it, buddy. I'll take you up on it. I'll dial, I'll dial you up, and if you answer, you answer. If not, no big deal. Yep. Anytime, brother. All right, Tony. Appreciate you. Take care. Tony Turley. Now, the other Tony can call in real quick. I'm sorry I had to hang up on the other Tony that they called in. I appreciate uh, that individual. And Ron, Ron, you can dial back too. Um, yeah, just ignore that guy in the in the chat, guys. Don't don't keep perpetuating it, repeating it, going after. Just just get rid of him and then move on. So. Um, and, and don't reply silver. That's what I'm saying. Just let it go, man. There's no, there's no, there's no replying or, or commenting to it. Just move on, moderate it and move on. That's what the mods need to do. There's no engaging with that stuff, please. Uh, Ron Navy call back if you could, my man and silver. I appreciate you. I know you do a lot. You Terry, uh, every mod in here does a lot and I appreciate you, but definitely just move, move on from it. If you could. Um, Fantasy Dog says two months YouTube membership for Baked In Boys. Did, how did I miss that? Why is this thing not alerting me when we're getting something? Baked In Boys, appreciate you being a part of the YouTube exclusive membership for, for multiple months. Let's give you a standing hope. Yeah, buddy. Appreciate you. Um, that's that's about all we had today. Other than so, if anybody wants to call in real quick before we we end the show, um, it's been an hour and a half so far. 
we're gonna we're gonna probably call these shows about hour and a half versus two hours two and a half hours i can get more content out that way versus doing a two three hour show getting burned out and not wanting the mock draft later in the night so we'll keep them about an hour to an hour and a half during the monday through friday 7 p.m show we have 205 of you in here 139 thumbs up appreciate those if you guys want to hit the thumb up to match the 139 with the 200 207 eyeballs i would appreciate it uh let's see here uh m legion says there's there is no reply to all reply to all anybody listening i don't know what you're talking about legion appreciate you legion uh, member for two months, Hoovy. Hoovy's a member of the YouTube exclusive memberships for two months, Hoovy. Where's your mashed potatoes? Yeah, buddy. Appreciate you, Hoovy. If you guys want to become a member of the YouTube exclusive membership, here is the link. I'll put it in the, the live chat, and I'm going to pin it. This gives you extra emojis. It gives you uh, exclusive chat rights when we go down to during the season start bench advice show where literally only people with the the green names and moderators can ask a question. So you're absolutely going to love it. Your phone goes to voice message. Okay, try try one more time, Ron. I'm sorry. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Who am I talking to? Hey, Smitty. It's the other Tony. What's up, Tony? I apologize doing doing you dirty like that. I just had to get the attorney on. Tony, the attorney. I don't know. Maybe you're a tur- an attorney too. I wish I made those bucks. <laughs> What's up? What can I do for you, Tony? Hey, man. I need. I have a keeper question that I desperately need your expertise in. Okay. Okay. So we we, we just um had the draft lottery. I got the number one pick. Okay. My keepers are Jamar Chase with with a fifth round value attached and uh aj dylan with a seventh round value attached i approached the, the the person with the seventh overall pick because they have etn with a tenth round value attached to him he's one of his keepers okay so i offered the first overall pick for his seventh pick in the first round for etn and aj dylan so essentially, we're going to swap picks in the first round, then go back to normal drafting. Okay. And I was asking you, is it, would that be worth it? Am I crazy? Because he agreed to it right away, and I thought, oh no, what, did I just get had? It's a little hard to break down. So you, you went from what pick to what pick in round one? From the first overall pick to the seventh overall pick. Okay. And my keepers are Jamar Chase and AJ Dillon. One of his is uh, Travis Etienne. Okay. And I, I I offered the first overall pick in AJ Dillon for his seventh overall pick in Travis Etienne with a tenth round value attached to him. And I was wondering what I should do. I'm st- I'm still trying to break that down. It, it's a little tough for me to to grasp what you're trying to say. Um, you're trying to trade your first to the seventh to acquire what? What are you exactly acquiring from him to get to move to move down? I'm, a, from? 
I'm acquiring uh, ETN uh-huh. uh, for a tenth rounder. Uh, ETN and um, with a tenth round value attached to it, essentially. For... That's the only thing. And he's getting the number one pick in my AJ Dillon. Yeah, I do that. Yeah, I do that. You I would like... do that? Okay. Yeah, I like AJ Dillon, but I mean, if you're getting ETN and he's being written into your tenth round, you're dropping from one to seven. I pr- I probably do that. I mean, who's going to be there at one though? Uh, so um, every year the first two rounds uh, they're thrown back in the pool every year. So all the usual suspects will be there. Um, Jonathan Taylor. Okay, hold on, hold on. Okay, hold uh, on, hold on. Then before you have you punched it yet? Hopefully you didn't punch it yet. I'm not saying it's for sure something I wouldn't do yet, but just let me let me think on him for a second. So you're going to go from Jonathan Taylor to what potential player at seven? If you had to guess, Najee or or Swift or. Uh, I don't know. Eckler will be going. Okay. And maybe Henry Clark. Yeah, so ETN and the 1.7. So ETN and Najee for AJ Dillon and JT. I'd rather have ETN and Najee. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And then who would you target uh, coming back around in three uh, with the current three and four? Who would you target? And, uh, and AJ, AJ Dillon is it written into what value? Round seven. seven. Round seven? Okay. Yeah, I mean, AJ Dillon's acceptable there. That's a normal value for 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 Dillon anyway. Okay. Yeah, uh, Carrick, he says no, no, no. JT's not being kept because he's a first round pick, and they weren't they aren't kept. So, yeah, I mean, ultimately, JT and AJ Dillon for ETN and Najee. If if you're really gonna get like a Najee or or somebody that good like a Javante, then I'm okay with it. I'm okay with it. Okay. And what was your second question? Oh, yeah, one more question. So uh, I have the ninth overall pick in, in, in another league, and the person at 10 already expressed interest in Javante. He, already, he sent me that the article, the, the update of Melvin Gordon with his foot injury today, and he said, oh, he said, uh, you know, this uh, Javante is a lot more interesting now, and I was wondering, should I go ahead and take Javante at 9 so he doesn't, Snipe me coming back in round two, or what? I mean, what, it, what it, it, depend, it depends how many players are kept. I know J- JT's not kept, and a lot of players are kept. But if there are a lot of first rounders being kept, then potentially he could be a second round pick, essentially. And then, and I'm more okay with it. Like I like Javante and ETN over JT and Dylan. I do. Okay. But but I feel like I feel like uh, you know when's your next pick? In the second round, is it the top so the of round pick, two? It, yes. Yeah, I mean, you got to pl- you got to play it by ear based on the news with Melvin Gordon and all that. Like, if Melvin Gordon's hampered by this foot reevaluation or something, then of course, you know, you'd want to take him at nine. But if if not, I mean, he's probably blowing smoke to try and get one of his other players to fall. Can I ask honestly? Honestly, ask you: Would you ever tell somebody who you're going to pick? I never understand why people no. believe other people. Like, he told me, I talked to him, he's going to take Javante if I don't. Like, why on earth would he tell you that? You know? Would you do it? No. Would I do it? No. Nobody's going to do that. I never tell someone. Whenever I send a message to somebody or a, chat, a text message, I go, hey, man, you should take uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's pretty good here. It's because I want him to not take a non-QB. <laughs> Like there's just no. He might be setting a little booby trap for me. Yeah, so I mean, like I, I don't know that I buy that he's gonna tell you he's taking Javante. Now maybe he does because he's, uh, you know, he is the best pick when he's on the clock to him or something. And there's news about Melvin, but, but I mean, like I just said at the top of the show, if 
if everybody above Javante isn't kept, like let's say four guys are kept that, that are getting drafted above Javante, well, that would push Javante in a regular draft in that thinking down into round two. So I'd be okay with Javante at nine. But if essentially no one's being kept from Javante above, really, maybe one guy or something, then Javante's still a second-round pick. You know, you can't let somebody's threat make you take him too early. I would take Najee. I would take Swift. I would try and grab both, um, you know, both Javante and Swift, uh, Najee and Swift. There's still plenty of other talent. Don't don't let someone strong-arm you into taking somebody early. You don't know if he's telling the truth. All right. All right, it's me. Thank you so much. Yeah, appreciate you, man. Later. Love the show. Bye. Yep. Uh, Ron Navy. You can dial in again, good buddy. And then we're out of here. Ron Navy is an American hero. I have a friend that lives in Texas and calls Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne. Travis Etienne. What's up, Matt? You're live on the Fantasy Football Show. Hey, Smitty. How you doing today, my brother? What's up, man? Hey, uh, quick questions for you. Um, so, what... I know he was a huge prospect coming out a few years ago. I'm talking about TJ Hawkinson. Um, he's one of the better tight end prospects. And seems like he hasn't really broken out yet. Um, where are you targeting him in drafts? And what do you think his ceiling is? Like, an, end of uh, the, 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 the tight ends that I'm, you know, like, like I would say... I'm I'm liking Knox more than him, even though we probably shouldn't be. But the, there's just not the opportunity for him. So talent-wise, maybe he's better. But situationally, I like Knox more. Um, thank you, Ron. Sorry I had to hang up on you, pal. Um, I, I obviously like you know Dalton Schultz over Hawkinson. I obviously like Goddard over him. So I mean, really, really, he's kind of like after all those those usual suspects are gone and. And some people take, you know, him over, take uh, uh, Hawkinson over, you know, those guys. So, would I take Hawkinson over, over like Fryermuth? Probably. But I'm still okay with Knox or Fryermuth if I have to go that route and not take Hawkinson early. So, if Hawkinson's going to fall, then I'd take him. But I'm certainly not going to force the issue when I've got guys like Knox and Fryermuth and, and Goddard that I like probably a little more that maybe go in the same exact place. So I just don't find myself drafting him. You know, it's a situation is really kind of bad. Right. Yeah, I also find myself also uh, getting Schultz a lot in the sixth round, which I like. I think could be peppered quite a quite a bit with a uh, Cooper leaving. You get a lot more targets. So yeah, Schultz could be, like um, be the number two tight end in fantasy football. He's just he's gonna be a monster. Yeah, he can. absolutely. I'm right there with you. All right, man. Uh, last, if you have another question, last question, then I got to jump. Anything else? Yeah, yes, sir. Um, so, uh, also, uh, I'm, I'm sitting at the the 1.5 and a half PPR league, and uh, McCaffrey and Jefferson. I'm kind of debating between the two because everybody in my league is scared of McCaffrey, and if I don't pick him. I know there's one guy, like the 107, that, that will take him. But everybody else is off him. So, and 
I'm in love with Jefferson this year. So I just, I don't know. I don't want to look stupid, you know, passing on McCaffrey. But um, if he's there at the 105, do I take him over Jefferson? What's your opinion? Are you, are you in love with drafting McCaffrey? Uh, I had him last year. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm not too scared off. I, I know that injuries happen. It's, you know, it's football. It's contact sport. It's going to happen. But I just... But you just said I, you're, I just lo- you're in love McCaffrey. with Jefferson. You're in love with Jefferson. I guess I'm asking, are you in love with drafting McCaffrey? Because don't draft based on the fear of everybody laughing at your pick. Like, number one, I would draft Jamar Chase, Jefferson, and Cooper Cup, and Najee Harris over CMC. So if if I would draft all three of the wide receivers above, who cares what another person in your league or even if 11 other guys are like you didn't take cmc ha uh, whatever if it's ppr jefferson or jamar is worth the 1.2 arguably i'm not saying everybody's gonna do it it's not everybody's cup of tea i get it i'm okay with it i'm not forcing anybody i'm not telling anybody they're, they're ridiculous but i literally will take jamar chase number two overall i'll take jefferson number three overall th- th- those are those are my second and third overall ranked players right now now, do I try and get away with getting them later? Of course I do. But that's how I feel about those wide receivers. And you telling me you're in love with Jefferson this year, but you're not feeling that way about McCaffrey, you would be drafting for other people. Draft for yourself. You know what I mean? Don't draft right. based on a fear of what other people are going to say. Always draft the best player available. It's such an easy thing, but no one can do it effectively even even i struggle in a draft to keep my mind focused on that draft the best player available don't worry about adp use adp to your advantage use the pre-rank list to your advantage that's not best player available best player available is to you based on your team build where you're at in the draft what players you have currently on your roster the injury risk of the first player you took all of that's encompassing in best player available it's a very complex thing to define truly what best player available is to you but when you're on the clock ask yourself who has the best floor and the most ceiling and what player can literally be like is there still a player that could be the number one at their position right here is there still a player that could be in a whole other tier than all the rest of these guys but has a nice safe floor you know so you got to ask yourself what player has that potential when you're on the clock Javante has it in round two you know, he most certainly could be the number one overall player in fantasy football. Javante could be the number one running back, number two running back. You take him in round two because you can. You don't take him in round two because you're scared of him. You take him in round two because people are giving you a gift that is Melvin Gordon that is making Javante fall into round two. And a lot of people take this foot injury and they're trying to just assume things with it. Let it play out before you start moving Javante up unnecessarily. And, and Broncos fan says, did you just say... Jamar Chase over JJ? Yeah, Broncos fan. It is a pretty arguable thing to talk about. (laughs) Cup, JJ, Jamar, Jamar, JJ, Cup. They're literally neck and neck and neck wide receivers. Absolutely, I said Chase. I love JJ too. I go back and forth on it. And if I got side-by-side leagues, I'd take one in one league and one in the other. But there's nothing wrong with taking Jamar Chase ahead of JJ or JJ ahead of Jamar Chase. Absolutely zero. All right, buddy. Anything else? That's it, my man. I appreciate it. You have a quality day. Yeah, appreciate you, my man. Call on, call on anytime. Later.
All right, I'm out of here. Phone lines are off. Uh, sorry, Ron, for, for cutting you short. Appreciate the second, Tony, for calling back. Phone lines are off. Appreciate everybody that dialed in. You guys rock. We are out of here. See you Monday uh, through Friday. See you Monday through Friday. See you tomorrow, Thursday, but we're live Monday through Friday, 7 p.m. Eastern, every single Monday through Friday. Um, not extending the show. I got to do a hard, I got to do a hard deuce out of this mug today. So appreciate you all. I will see you all tomorrow. If there's breaking news, I will be live. If Watson news breaks, I said it earlier. I think it's Roger Goodell information about the egregious, uh, acts and the, the predatory behavior and all that is a signal that a, a decision's coming. And the fact that it's been said that Deshaun Watson's going to start Friday's preseason game, they're going to announce this before that. I firmly believe that we will be here breaking news before the Friday game. I don't think the NFL is going to dare let Watson hit the field. So we'll have more information on that. Go to thefantasyfootballshow.com for your rankings, bold predictions, one-on-one text advice. See you tomorrow. People are getting burrowed left and right, and people are going to remember it. Get burrowed. Would I be live if there's breaking news at 1 a.m., Gregory? What do I look like? Of course I would, Gregory. Take a lap.